Welcome to Kashmir on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashmir Magazine. And tonight we have a very interesting evening we're going to plan ahead, dealing mostly with local issues here in Flatbush. So stay tuned for that. First, let me read to you uh, one piece of information which I think is very important. And that is uh, regarding sodas. I know that we've talked about it on the show many, many times. Not that everybody always remembers what we say, but you know that's that's an issue, and you have to be, try to be as careful as you can in listening, and to find out if I what I what I actually did say. The problem with sodas is that for years and years we've been talking about sodas like Coke or Pepsi that if you bought Coke or Pepsi anywhere in the United States, uh, the product is kosher, even though it may not have a kosher label on the uh, bottle. It may not say uh, OUOK or K or whatever it is on the particular bottle. And also, you people were finding a lot of different uh, beverages, like Pepsi, which would sometimes come with a Diamond K, a Cuff K, a Plain K, and it was very confusing to people. Well, let me uh, share with you the latest that's going on. I hope to have a gentleman on the show another week or two who's, gonna, who's, in, the, who's in the middle of this and who can give us more understanding. But at the recent ACO convention, which was held at the OU offices a few weeks ago, right after a kosher fest, Rabbi Fishbane spoke about this problem, although he wasn't the source of it. The gentleman that I'm going to try to get on the radio is the source of the information. Anyway... It filtered down to Rabbi Fishbane, who presented it. And I'm going to quote from uh, what was said at the uh, at Kosher Fest and give a little bit of understanding uh, based upon uh, my good friend uh, Menachem Lubinsky put out in his uh, t- Kosher Today. today. So sharing with you current information. Anyway, this is a quote from Rabbi uh, Fishbane from the was the head of the ACO organization, an umbrella organization of all the kosher organizations uh, that are welcome to be members in the United States and in foreign countries as well. And also he's, the, uh, uh, he's in charge of these, he's the rabbinic coordinator for the, uh, for the CRC, the Chicago Rabbinical Council, not to be confused with the CRC, the, the uh, Central Rabbinical Congress in, uh, in, that's in, in Williamsburg, two different organizations. Here's Rabbi Fishbane now. It has generally been assumed that as long as we know that the flavor component of a given soda pop is certified, then you can assume the bottle or fountain version of that product. Uh, you say may consume the bottle or fountain version of that product. This is because the bottlers do all their processing at ambient temperature. And it means they're not using uh, heat. And add only non-sensitive ingredients, carbonated water, sweetener, acidulants, and preservatives. Acidulants, or acids, they use for flavor or for uh, preservative. Um, but he quoted Rob Brickman, who mentioned this is the new issue, that Dr. Pepper 7-Up, that's a company, Dr. Pepper 7-Up, the syrups are certified by the OK, at least, and, and many of their BIB, that means bag-in-box products have the certification of a lesser-known VOD or no hashkach at all. 
And when they found that and they looked into it, they found out there were 17 packaging facilities, a packaging facility we call a bottling company, that used by, by Dr. Pepper 7-Up to make the BIBs. Only five of the 17 have hashkochov. That's not itself a, a significant point because we were saying that they don't have a, a kosher sense of ingredients. But this product, it seems, does. And this is what we found. It was found out. It was in our magazine, Cautious Magazine, back What's happening now is that people are talking about it. But we mentioned this, um, I don't know, an issue or two issues ago, at least uh, that far back. It's a, the new Kickstart line of products contains white grape juice. And the white grape juice is in a is white grape juice concentrate. And they use it as a sweetener. So that, again, wouldn't be a problem if it all came from the company that makes it, like the Dr. Pepper 7-Up, which is a, a kosher company, at least on these varieties that we're talking about. But the problem here is they were adding on additional grape juice at the bottling plants because, that, because they, they, it has to have a certain taste. And they were adding some of it in at these bottling plants, and they're not kosher certified. So now the grape juice itself was ordered by the uh, Dr. Pepper 7-Up company to be kosher. So there's supposed to be kosher grape juice going into these facilities, even though the facilities don't have kosher certification. Let's recap so we don't get confused. What's happening is Dr. Pepper 7-Up, that company, is making a thing called Kickstart. It's a soda. Now, with that, they are one of the ingredients is grape juice. The, the, the interesting part is that grape juice is being added in also at the bottling plant. Normally, they put in corn syrup and things like that in the bottling plant. But this product calls for white grape juice concentrate as a, as a, as a uh, sweetener. So that's, and that's what's happening, of course, all over Europe. They're using that kind of thing. But anyway, here, the problem is that they're putting it in in the plant, and even though they ordered, quote, end quote, they ordered kosher grape juice that comes with hashkocha, but there's no mashgiach in the plant. So it's easy for such a thing to be delivered by mistake, the wrong grape juice, which happens all the time in all the facilities. But when you're talking about sweeteners like, uh, like uh, corn syrup and the high fructose corn syrup, those kind of things are not sensitive because they're basically generic items that, are, that, are, that everyone across the board would say are kosher. The problem here is you got the white grape juice, and it's being added in the bottling plant. So like everything else we got used to before, things change. And uh, so that's, that's the way it is, at least as far as this uh, kickstart line. Pepsi concentrates and flavors used in the United States and Canada and South America, other than Venezuela, all come from the, the New York facility, which is kosher certified. Similarly, the Pepsi concentrate and the flavor used in Europe, Russia, New Zealand, and Australia are known to come from kosher facilities. That's all the cola and the orange and the 7-Up flavors, but not other products sold by the Pepsi company in those countries. So it's getting a little more complicated. And obviously the best thing is to have a kosher symbol on the bottle of what you're drinking, and be confident that that kosher organization is monitoring it properly. That's just a little piece that I think you should have heard, 
uh, not just about the kickstart, but about the change that's taking place in the bottling world for for sodas, something that we hadn't been thinking about in the past because we always assumed that all the things that were added on in the plant were kosher. And now we're finding out that the possibility, and in the future probably more of those, with, which have other things that could be added which are kosher-sensitive and would need a hashgach and a good hashgach in place. So that makes it a little bit more difficult. But tonight's show is not about that. That was just an announcement. Tonight's show is about us here in Flatbush. And if you're not part of us in Flatbush, I can assure you, you're going to gain a lot from listening to the discussion tonight. And I would appreciate that the calls be limited as long as we can to to specifically the topics that I'm going to bring up. And there are nine of them. That's correct. Nine topics. I don't know how much we'll get through. And so I'm just going to highlight them now, and we're going to go back and discuss them more in depth. One is the Mount Sinai Beth Israel problem, which we mentioned last week. We want to go further with that one today. The next is about the Svartic Center on Ocean Parkway and Avenue S. The third one is about 7-Eleven, which is just a review of what we, we know, hopefully know already. And the fourth, I don't want to mention until we get to it. And the fifth, I think I also keep quiet about it. And the, the rest of them are not necessarily important for us to mention right now. But it, 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 yes, the other two would be important here. Uh, one would be about uh, the dearth of public cautious education here in Flatbush and in Brooklyn in general, and uh, about Kiddush, Kiddushim, Shul Kiddushim, because there's some new developments in that area. So please stay tuned tonight. We have some very interesting things to discuss. And I would like to start with our program, which we had last week, which was from Mount Sinai, Beth Israel, uh, which uh, I don't know if you heard the show, and if you didn't hear the show, I'll tell it to you briefly. And then I'd like to hear... If I can, I'd love to get your feedback. So scribble down this number. You can reach us, which is the studio number, 718, excuse my voice, 718-683-5858. And the text line is right next to me, is 347-927-8398. So scribble down the number. Don't call now. I, I really have to mention the problem first. But within about five minutes, I'd love to hear from you. 718-683-5858. And text three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. The topic is Mount Sinai Beth Israel. It seems that the uh, facility at thirty two hundred one Kings Highway, which is a hospital serving this community for many, many, many decades already, that that had been a kosher kitchen, was certified by the Vadakashvas of Flatbush. Originally, the Vadakashvas of Flatbush, not the Vadakashvas of Flatbush, and they've had Dosh for many, many years. And uh, the same thing, there was Ashkoche in Manhattan. Not the same people were giving Ashkoche, I believe, but it was a, it's at 10 Nathan D. Perlman's place in New York, which is the same as East 16th Street. It's the corner of East 16th Street over there in Manhattan. So that 10 Nathan D. Perlman place, also their Mount Sinai Beth Israel Hospital, had also been kosher certified, and now neither facility has a kosher kitchen. But they do have kosher meals. And they have hashkocha in place to monitor those kosher meals because a lot of people order kosher. According to Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Goldberg, who was here last week, somewhere between 25 and 30% order kosher. So now, 
uh, they're going to continue to want to get kosher. So what they're doing is they're making kosher meals available that have come from the Mount Sinai facility in Manhattan, which is under the OU. Again, the main Mount Sinai has a kosher kitchen under the OU. Is the main Mount Sinai kosher? No. But there's a kosher kitchen which produces meals that's within the greater kitchen area there. So they have their own designated kosher kitchen. And that they're producing meals not, not just for the Mount Sinai facility in Manhattan, the big one, but also the satellite ones, uh, these two in particular, which are the Mount Sinai Brooklyn, which is ours over here at 3201 Kings Highway, and also for the one at 10 Nathan D. Perlman Place in Manhattan and East 16th Street. So they're going to have these meals available. What is the deal with the mashkichim? What's the whole thing? Why you have to have mashkichim there? Because they're going to be warmed up in microwaves and the designated microwaves, milchiks and fleishiks, two each. So for different meals, different meals, sometimes it's going to be a milchik meal, sometimes a fleishik meal. There are no, quote, parva, parva meals. Everything is no parva microwave. Only fleishiks and milchiks. They, the mashkichim are in charge of warming up all the food, making sure that there are no condiments that are not kosher on your tray, and taking it up. And that's what is in, is, is in place as of the time I'm speaking now, just started uh, a few days ago. Now, the question I'm asking is, is this important? Is this something that anybody out there has a, a point of view about? Is it something that you would prefer to see them go back to the kosher kitchen? Or are you happy this is this is good? You got an OU certified meal. And according to Rabbi Goldberg, you will be able to request Hamish. I don't know who's the Hamish. I don't know how how you get that other than you have to ask for it. So somehow when you're in the facility, you have to make sure you're asking for the extra kosher, super kosher Hamish kosher or something like that, and then you should be satisfied with it. Otherwise, it's the OU variety, and there are there will be differences. So, if you have special needs, you're really going to have to ask for it. Uh, according to Rabbi Goldberg, all the foods will be properly available. It means if you have a special diet, you'll be able to get that as well. Now, they're only going to deliver four times a week to the uh, to this facility in Brooklyn, but that should be sufficient. And there are it seems an, uh, there's an opportunity for their fast delivery if there's an emergency to get some food down here. So th- it's a possibility that everything is going to work out well. Oh, I certainly hope so. And anyway, that's the situation in place. And my question, and I'd like to hear people <laughs> call if you can, is does anybody care? Are there people who say we really should have a kosher kitchen in Flatbush in this facility? Or are they going to say, no, you're sick, it's kosher, it has an OU, it comes in uh, uh, sealed, uh, somebody's warming it up. So, uh, good enough. It, does anybody seem to think we're at a step down or doesn't matter? If you want to reach us, I'm at 718-683-5858. Just to call up for that. And if you want to text us, same, the same thing, 347-927-8398. So I want to find out if anybody does care. If you do care, I have a whole bunch of ways you can contact uh, the, the Mount Sinai. The one that, that was given out last week is that they could send an email to R-K-H-A-I-T. That's, the name is Roman Hate, H-A-I-T. So it's R-K, 
H-A-I-T, at C-H-P-N-E-T dot O-R-G. C-H-P-N-E-T dot O-R-G. Again, R-K-H-A-I-T at C-H-P-N-E-T dot org. If you have any comment, pro, con, uh, if you want to say anything at all to him, that's the person to communicate with. I do have two other names, but until somebody calls in, I'm not going to bother push this issue. Uh, it would seem to me that there should be some people who care. Even though we don't use the facility, uh, we know that sometimes people are forced to use the facility. Uh, Hatsola comes, takes you to the nearest facility that may be the nearest facility. They don't have time sometimes to go to where you want to go, and they're instructed in certain cases to deliver to the closest hospital, no matter who it is, because they've got to save a life or would they handle something very, very quickly. Oh, we have a caller? Yeah, go ahead. You're unconscious on the air. Can we help you? Hi, how's everything? I was just, you were talking about the hospital on Kings Highway yeah. um, and that they bring the stuff from Manhattan. Okay. Um, who said, who is to say that perhaps you said if per, need be there's an emergency... Um, that they'll rush the food. Um, is there a question of bringing not, non-kosher food from the kitchen in the current facility? I don't know what you're talking about at all because there's no more kosher kitchen. It's over with. There's no more. They got they disbanded the kosher kitchen this week. So let's say they need a special case, and that you said they could rush in food from the Manhattan facility. Well, we're talking about we're talking. In other words, we're talking about a kosher patient. There's going to be, a, it's a non-kosher hospital. And now it's, I mean, until this week, until this week it was kosher. Now it's not kosher. So they, they have kosher, they have food there. People are not going to have a problem with getting food. Kosher food, and especially a special diet, like a renal diet or a special uh, allergies or whatever it is, your, the, your special diet, it would have to be. Now, again, they're getting delivery four times a week and they're, they're stockpiling it. But... Again, if they need something like today, with two hours from now or something, they have ability to get it from Manhattan. And just like they would have produced it here in Brooklyn, the facility in Manhattan can produce it, and it can be sent over. I mean, it's sent over with a, maybe it's a messenger service or whatever they do. I don't know what they do. But whatever it is, they're committed to trying to serve the needs of these people in these two hospitals. Is it, is it sealed? Is it what? Is it sealed? Oh, it's always double sealed. That's that's part of what we discussed here last week. Yes, it's going to come in double sealed. There's not going to be any uh, issue there. And as Rabbi Goldberg said, if you don't like it, return it. If you think it's opened, you return it. But definitely that's the job of the mashkiach. Again, this is not being handled by Goyim. This is going to be handled by Yidin. That's the, I mean, that's the whole, uh, the whole benefit here. Of, that's why the hospital is nice enough to continue to pay for mashgichim, both here and in the facility in East 16th Street in Manhattan. They also have mashgichim there. The mashgichim in the Manhattan facility at East 16th are OU mashgichim. Down here, it's the Vatakashas of Flappish. It could be It could be helpful in a case where a person doesn't know better and they want to guarantee his kashras. Okay. I mean, again, I they don't. I don't, know what, I don't know what you mean by a person doesn't know better. You mean the the patient's going to get kosher now? But he wouldn't have got kosher before. He, is he understand? Yeah. He had, what, they, what they what they say that the rule is now. 
if you go off the hospital, this is what they're supposed to tell you. Or if you go, somebody goes into the hospital, this is what they're supposed to know. That they're supposed to come over to you. And the intake, when they, in, when they talk to the patient, they're supposed to ask him or her, uh, do you want kosher? And they could say yes. Then I, I don't know if they also ask them, do you want super kosher? Or whatever it is, Hamish kosher, or whatever, some other hashkaf yeah. or something. Then you'd, you'd have to, you know, somewhere along the line, you have to make that point to them. You know, I just want to say something for all our listeners. It's very, very important to hear this. And if you've never heard this in your life, it's worth it to hear it now. Almost all the hospitals in New York City, I cannot talk for any place in the world, only in New York City, almost all the hospitals in New York City, even Goyesha facilities, you could get the, you can, you can get Bikacholim from Satma Bikacholim, from Williamsburg, to come to visit. If you have a patient... Now, again, they're not, but they have, a, they have a round, they make rounds in the bigger hospitals. But if they put it on, if they have a problem, and they, you, if you've designated as a person who needs their help, they will go there. And they will bring you Hamish made food, which they give out. And they have soups that are in, you know, in thermoses. And they have really good food. I had a, a relative that was in one of these facilities, a facility in Manhattan, and she couldn't eat the other food. It didn't agree with her. And the only thing that she ate was that was Satma Bika Cholim sent. After she got out of the hospital, she, she wrote a check for $300 to, 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 uh, to, 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 to Satma Bika Cholim because she appreciated what they did. And I, I've seen them go into non-Jewish facilities to just to greet a patient, not, mean, not even give food, just to greet a Jewish person. So, yes, we can always improve this. We can, if somebody is stuck, let them remember the name Satmer Bikacholim, look it up, and, 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 and tell them you need have some need. Okay? Okay. Thank you very much for the call. I yes. want to add something. Each yes. hospital has a pastor and a, a rabbi in the facility, and you just come to the uh, social uh, department, and you have a rabbi that is going to also take uh, care about uh, if you really care about uh, kashrut and stuff like this. If it's, he's it's, there. It's, 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 you have 24 hours uh, service. Which hospital? It's in every hospital. Not 24 hours. They have the numbers. And the numbers. The, the, guy, the guy is coming and just any, any, you know, I know that in the, the Brookdale, you have Rabbi Lieber, and all these kind of rabbis. I know that a lot of people are working with the, So they should ask yes, for a exactly, rabbi. Exactly. We have another Very good. Call. Go ahead. You're on, you're on Kashrut on the air. Can we help you? Yes. First of all, about uh, having the kosher kitchen, not a kosher kitchen. Even the hospital in Manhattan that you mentioned that does have a kosher kitchen and a non-kosher kitchen, there are a lot of times mixed up. I know personally about the few times where it got mixed up, where they brought in a kosher tray and the stuff on it was supposed to be kosher, and the broth, the chicken broth on it, was in a uh, some sort of a can, and uh, it had in it not kosher stuff. Mm. So uh, it was a mistake, which happens, but uh, the, by, by eliminating the kosher kitchen, you're just uh, more prone to mistakes and more prone to uh, problems happening in a, in a neighborhood where... Overwhelmingly, there are so many, the percentage-wise, you, you have so many Jewish people going in there. Some of them don't always come in with family, don't have advocates for themselves to speak up for themselves. They're too sick, they're too not feeling well, and, uh, and um, it's just going to cause more problems. So uh, I would think that uh, they should put back the kosher kitchen 
and um, it's probably uh, it's probably because of uh, how much it's costing them. But overall, if people start hearing that um, there's not a kosher kitchen there, possibly they should go to other hospitals if possible. Oh, and I think I, as I, I appreciate your point. I think it's a very important point, and that's why we're having this show. As last week, I couldn't do too much about it because I didn't want to put uh, Rabbi Goldberg in the middle of it. But I have this strong feeling about it, and I, I'm I'm very uh, sensitive to this issue. I think I think just like you do that that we're gonna it's going to be a big setback, and that many 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 errors can occur that wouldn't have occurred if you had a totally kosher kitchen only. And, you know, it's the same mashkichim, they're the same time. These are the same mashkichim. They didn't lose their job. The hospital's paying them. Maybe they do a little extra work. But somehow, just to cut out, just the cost of the extra up cost of making, the, making getting kosher chicken and kosher this and kosher that, it, 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 it was a, a sensitive issue to the hospital for financially, but I think it would be very wonderful if they could bring it back in again. I'm going to give you two more Get all my listeners two more places to send some kind of note. And I gave you before arch, R-K-H-A-I-T at C-H-P-N-E-T dot org. Well, I don't have uh, email addresses, but I'll give you the two heads of the hospital. I mean, I say two heads. There's so many heads there. I'm getting you two people that I think they're both Jewish, by the way, but I can't be sure. Dr. Kenneth Davis, D-A-V-I-S. He's the president of Mount Sinai Health System. The address, I think the best address, is one Gustav L. Levy place. Gustav is G-U-S-T-A-V-E. L. Levy place. One Gustav Levy place, New York, New York, 10029. That's where Mount Sinai is located. They're also on Fifth Avenue, but I think that's the way we're supposed to go. And the other person is Dr. Kenneth Reich, R-E-I-C-H. He's the president of Mount Sinai Hospital. And so same address. So that would be it. Thank you very much for your call. You're welcome. There's one more point that I just wanted yeah. to say. Yes. I understand that, uh, you know, being on the radio, you have to tiptoe sometimes around certain issues. And uh, this being one of them, like you said last week, you couldn't say certain things. Um, I think everybody should storm the phone lines and storm the emails and, and, and to get the point across to the hospitals. Because even if now... People might think it's not Megaya to them, but who knows, you know, Rahman Hotzlan and Chasrashalm, somebody will end up in the hospital, and uh, it just causes more complications and more problems. I think that, I thank you for that point. And uh, I'm sorry I didn't bring any telephone numbers, but you can look it up, Mount Sinai Hospital in Manhattan. Go to the biggest number you have there, like the main, the main one. Um, and I, I think it's very important. What people always forget is, oh, I, I never used that hospital. Oh, I don't have anybody who's <laughs> not Megaya to me, but we're Jewish. I met somebody this past week, and I asked him, how are you doing? He says, terrible. I said, what terrible? Why, what's the terrible? I thought, I thought maybe he had something hurt him. He said, how can I not feel terrible with what's going on in Eretz Israel? So if we don't only thinking about ourselves in our own little Dalit Amas, our own family, it's a terrible thing. We're supposed to be davening for Klai Yisrael. We're supposed to think about Klai Yisrael. We're supposed to be, it's supposed to affect us. If you don't need this hospital, but 25% of the people there want kosher. I'm not even talking about the Fry Yidden, who had kosher before and they don't have kosher now. But the, but, but the Frumay Yidden had 25, 30%. And, and, so it's not your family, but they're, they're Jews, right? 
Thank you very much for the call. Okay, let me yeah. ask one question. You know, I'll be the other side of the, the <laughs> st- you know, no the defense. I want to ask you, though, isn't it be better now? No mistakes. And basically, it's a sealed package, like the uh, like aeroplane, right? Right. So you see this, you're coming to the bed of the okay. day, it's a sealed ba- baguette. Where, but before, you, you could mix with, with kosher and non-kosher. But is it sealed? And is, this is, I don't know, I'm asking you, I don't know how the system working, but th- that's my, my question. Okay, the question is a good question. Nisim is saying that maybe we're better off this way. We got sealed meals. You're not going to get confused. You can't have the trafe meal served to you, with etc. But, but there wasn't trafe meals there. The only thing that could happen is they put on your flesh a meal. They could put on a, a you know, a, a dairy, a non-dairy creamer that was so really the dairy. The kitchen was total kosher. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. That's. A, so I still think overall it was a plus. Aside from uh, yes, the fact that all the from people, yeah. the, the friar people, the non-religious Jews were eating kosher. Yeah, that's no question, no, no problem, no, no question about it. If the kitchen was only kosher kitchen, and it was a, it okay. was a thing where where the where the mishkir was there, you know, every day Shabbos yomtiv the whole business. Okay. All right, anyway, let's go on. Are we I think this one here also. Yeah, go ahead, please. You're on the air. Yes, hi. Um, the the rabbi mentioned. Um, which does a wonderful, wonderful job and brings food to many of the uh, people in the hospitals. Right. Thank you very much. There is, there is another organization okay, that had the opportunity to bring food to the hospital, which is Chesed 24-7. And they, too, bring meals, Hamish meals. It uh, comes out of uh, Square. And they go to all the hospitals. Now they're going to all the hospitals in Manhattan. So if a patient is in a hospital in Manhattan, they can order a kosher meal, either through Sabadikacholim and or Chesed 24-7. The most ideal situation, instead of having kosher kitchens and food coming from this facility to another facility, would be if they would take all the resources and contract out all the food preparation to Sabadikacholim and Chesed 24-7, and provide all the kosher meals in the New York City metropolitan area benefit, and have the meals sealed, delivered sealed to the patients, whatever hospital they might be with whatever special occasion or special diets that they need, then a person will be guaranteed that they're going to get, first of all, nutritious meals, delicious meals, Hamish meals, and meals that are 1,000% kosher. First of all, Shalom Aleichem, I know who's calling. Second, uh, I, I think it's a, it's a very interesting idea. It's a unique idea, but it, it, there's a lot of steps that would have to be taken in order for the, you know, you'd be talking about them accepting these people as, as uh, you know, as the ones who to produce the meals. I don't know if we have enough power to request a change in that standard because you see, for example, Mount Sinai has an OU and they're very satisfied with the OU regular regular meals that they have the kosher. But to them, they'd be a, it would have to be a big groundswell of interest to pull some of the uh, of that away to these two organizations. It would be a wonderful thing for a lot of people, and maybe even have better meals, etc. But most it's a of the, big... most of the people are doing it anyway. They're, in other words, they're ordering kosher, kosher meals through the hospital, right. and they're ill-equipped. They're ill-equipped because what they do is they take the meals, they heat it up, the plastic containers come melted, um, and then they're ordering from some of the whole and Mochesa 24-7 anyway. Well, I understand, but for them to make that change is a big deal. How do you reach the Chesed 24-7? I really never heard of it. They're all over Manhattan. They go to every single hospital. They're a wonderful yeah. organization. Yeah. It's through, again, it's through Square up in, up in uh, you know, up, up north. I believe neither. I'll try to get a telephone number information. You have it here? 
What's the, what um, is, I do not have it on me. What is it, Nisa? I can get it to the rabbi. It's okay. We have it right here. What is it? Oh, we here. First of all, it's... Uh, yeah, I think his name is Rabbi Shalom Greenberg or something that heads it. A wonderful okay. human being and a wonderful organization. Okay. okay Thank uh, you very much for calling. Okay, let me see. Okay. You, you, you have it, you have it uh, there? In USA, yes, we have... You don't uh, get a telephone it's number. It's, it's an every Gamachbo, Chesed 24-7. Yeah, yeah, all we have the 800 number. So and, let's have uh, the 800 number. Okay, 866 yes. 978-978-5049. Okay. 866-978-5049. Yeah, and uh, let me see. We have another... Uh, okay, that's good enough. Okay. okay. That's 800 number. Can't do much better. Okay. So let me go on to my second. Another caller? Yeah. Hello, you're on uh, the hello? air. Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Yes, do you hear me? Yes, I do. Okay, I, I do use this hospital a bit, and I, what do I do in the emergency room, which I shouldn't need them, but I do go there. What do I ask them in the emergency room, like um, if I need something to eat, they're going to give me kosher food? They do have, uh, he, he, spoke, he spoke about it last week, details I don't know, but they do have... Uh, I'm they, wondering they, if, if it's okay to eat if they give me something in the ER, they, which shouldn't happen. No, but they're going to have to give it to you in this, se- this, this double-sealed way. They're going to have to give, give it to you with, the, with the, the owe you on in a double-sealed way. They have to do that. Uh, but, but the problem is heating it. But if they it, give me, like, tuna fish, they give me something, a sandwich or a tuna fish or jello, I don't know if I could eat that. That's all over with. You can't is get that all anymore. over with? Yeah. But, the, uh-huh. but, the, but the, you can get these meals... Um, there's a place to in the in. ER is like not enough time to like I don't know if they'll give me something or not. Right. So uh, I I I don't know how that's set up, but again, this is really officially only during meal time because uh-huh. anything that's not during meal time they can't heat up, heat up. Only the 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 mashkicham are only working on this project during meal time, mm-hmm. and so and uh, the time when it's not during the meal time or the. If the people who are visitors, the visitors can get kosher food there. It's the same meals, but they have to be warmed up, and it can only be warmed up by either the mashgiach or some doc from doctors who work there. Because uh-huh. these 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 um, microwaves are specifically two milchiks and two fleishiks. And well, they if won't I request it, they may listen. You if can't get in uh, there. Yeah. Nobody can just walk in and, and, and warm something up. It's locked. The right, only way, only, uh-huh. only the mashgiachim have the key. And the doctors have some association with the mashkichim to get a hold of the key. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, thank, thank you for you. the call. Okay, we're going to go on to uh, we're going to go on to this, uh, part two of the. Uh, uh, I have a number also, yeah. so a seven one eight. Okay, seven one eight number seven zero five seven zero five three nine zero zero three nine zero zero seven one eight seven zero five three nine seven zero for Chesed twenty four seven. Okay, maybe we'll get them on the show. Three nine zero zero. Three nine zero zero. That's why I said three nine zero zero. Okay, now I want to go on to the next part of this show, and that is about my experience with the Svartic Center on Ocean Parkway and Avenue S. And the reason I'm telling this story, and I kept quiet about it. I don't even know why I kept quiet. I just sort of got frustrated as I kept quiet about it. But I'm not going to keep quiet about it now because I have the concern tonight that our program is dedicated to... Uh, to the needs of the community, and that's what I'm. That's where I'm concentrating tonight. So it seems the Sephardic uh, Center on Ocean Parkway and Avenue S is servicing the Sephardic community, and I think Ashkenazim go there too. I think the person who called me was an Ashkenazi woman, 
an older lady, and not very old, but you know, in the 60s, 70 area, she was uh, utilizing some of the some of the programs that they had, and particularly, she's referring to some trips that were taken to Manhattan. And when they took the trips to Manhattan, of course, they wanted to give the meals, so they wanted to go to a restaurant, so they took a kosher restaurant. The problem was the kosher restaurant that they chose. And obviously they wanted to choose a restaurant that's in the vicinity of where the trip is. I mean, if you can't, you can't bust the people for half an hour to lunch and then half an hour back to the other part of it, it's a little bit inconvenient. So they decided that they're going to use the local um, kosher restaurant that was in the area. And they used one, and then uh, people saw that was you know that, that's questionable that uh, that uh, kosher restaurant. They went to another one, and this other one, I know about it, and I know about the uh, what the uh, weaknesses of their system are. The the kosher agency, and this woman came to me, and so I figured I'll go to the go to the Sephardic home, the Sephardic center, and tell them that this is you know not appropriate, and they should really switch. So uh, I went through the system. I can't tell you how many weeks, how many emails. I don't believe I wrote letters. I think it was just emails to how many people that I had to communicate with. And then the basic answer was, um, you know, it has hashkacha. And uh, we even had to discuss the, 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 the center. The, the center was also discussing together on the telephone with myself and the hashkacha the differences about what we were concerned about and what they feel that they were doing properly. It was a whole scene, but again, all done privately. So uh, I told them that, you know, I have to inform the public if you can't get this taken care of. I want an answer. So they got back to me. We're consulting our rabbis, the rabbis in the Sephardic community here in Flatbush. And the answer was, it's going to stay the way it is. So I, I, I couldn't understand this. I mean, I know the difference. And I decided I'm going to contact the, the Swadik Rabbonim that I know. And I started with one who was, to me, somebody to look up to. And I went to him and I emailed him and I spoke with him. And he told me, basically, we don't give them money. We don't give the money. The people that give the money, you know, the people who give the money, those are the ones they listen to. So the rabbis and the community who is supporting this place is happy with whatever they do. It's a kosher restaurant. The other people, like us, the rabbis telling me, of course we don't like it, but we have to pick our battles. We've tried a number of times. We're not successful. There's another failing of our Flatbush community to hold together and do something, in this case, again, for kosher. Um, I, I don't know the answer. I'm not, I'm not a politician. I don't know what's going on in the Sephardic world. I don't even know what's going on in the Ashkenazic world. I don't know, you know what's supposed to be done, how it's supposed to be done. But one thing I know is that, I, that there is a problem, and I went to the people, and I couldn't get anybody interested. So this is, I'm, I'm bringing it up tonight because I'm talking about our community is anybody interested? So I love to hear. Rabbi, yeah. let me let me put a question. Do you think do you think about coed gym is okay? What coed gym? 
So we, we, when, when we're studying, we're studying touching this issue because I wanted let's put it. Let's put put it. Most of the people, people most yeah. of the people that going to these centers with all the respect and love them are not so makpidim. And I would say this is also the rabbi approach. The rabbi approach said, you know what? If these people anyway, any, you cannot teach them. You know, this is they going, it, it goes symbol of K. It doesn't matter. It's K. You know, sometimes you see a face, a, a picture of a nice rabbi on a, on a wall, and it's enough to say that it's kosher. And how many restaurants we know, we know that you, I'm not eating them because even the big, big ashgacha, because I don't trust the owner. Right, but the, here, here the point is the community was being sent there by the center. That's the problem. I don't see, I don't see the community center. Is a center from community? I don't see the center as a, co- well, uh, a center. I, I as care a about the whole community and whether they are personally that from or not. I think that when something is done in the neighborhood, I think that the people that know the center, the people know the center. Uh, anyway, that's exactly. that's my point. Okay, my let center. me take let's, off a moment before we have the, any callers. I want to take off just one moment to to mention a word about our sponsor, which is Glotmart. When you think of Glotmart, conveniently located at twelve oh five Avenue M, right here in the middle of Flatbush, you should think of price, service convenience and quality. Whether you shop for a few items or for a full wagon load, you can save plenty of money by shopping at Glotmart. And uh, at Glotmart, you can save time by using their valet parking service. Just pull into Glotmart from East 12th Street entrance. They'll park the car for you and have it ready to load up with all those special items you purchased in the store. And here are some of the items that are on sale right now. Uh, They only go through tomorrow. Tomorrow's the last day on the sale. Mahadran ice creams, 56 ounce, $4.99. Mendelssohn's eight slice pizza, six ninety nine. Pardes cauliflower florets, twenty four ounce, three dollars and ninety nine cents. Mahadran Leban, eighty nine cents. And uh, they have whole lamb cut to your specification, seven twenty five a pound. Down on the roast, seven ninety nine a pound. Wise organic chicken legs, three seventy nine a pound. Uh, Wise is a very interesting company. I've, I've met with them a, a number of times. Anyway. At Glotmart, the quality of meats is A1, with kosher certification from both the Star K and the Vatakashas of Flatbush, with base Yosef meats and with expert Nikor. At Glotmart, you're getting quality kashras. Glotmart is at 1205 Avenue M, right in the heart of Flatbush. Meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove in Glotmart, tell them you heard about Glotmart on Kashras on the Air over J Root Radio. And now we have a caller. Go ahead. You're on the yeah. air. Go ahead, please. Yes. Good evening. I'd like to know something that happened to me. I was in the Yiddish hospital in the hospital in Brooklyn, in the kosher hospital with everything. I was with a child in the pediatric ward. On the floor, they had like a kitchen with a microwave where everyone could do what they want in there. And like they would take the dishes from the kosher tray and warm up their own foods. And uh, like it could have been a guy with trays, they mm-hmm. were everyone's using the same microwave and using the kosher dishes that were sent up from the kosher kitchen. Mm-hmm. Well, that, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, but this can't be this. I mean, the way it was described to us last week by Rabbi uh, Rabbi Goldberg, this this cannot be done because they had they locked these microwaves and only people can use it are, okay. are, are the mashkichim and they allow certain from doctors to use it. That's it. This was not in that house. This was, yeah. in, uh, I don't know if you want me to say the name no, of the house. Better not, better not mention This it. was a few years ago, uh, yeah. like four years ago, and everyone had a microwave in a kosher with a hamisha, everything. It's a very big problem in all 
facilities, uh, well, I mean, but I mean, the person's stuck in the hospital, it's a big problem. But all the people who are working in, in places where Jews and non Jews work together and uh, they have to be concerned about the microwaves. Yeah, but in, in, in general, it's not as big a problem when you come with double sealed meals. It's a bigger problem when you don't have those double sealed meals. That they're fresh meals, like they used, like they used to do in the with the Vatikashvus in, uh, in in this in this facility when they had the uh, kosher kitchen. So then they didn't send it up with double wrapping, etc. It was a kosher kitchen. And there, you're right. If they if the microwaves were misused, then there would have been a problem. Correct. Thank you very much for the call. Okay, okay thank you. I, I'd like to go on to another community issue, and I don't know if I ever told this story. But I'm going to tell it now. There was a problem, and I won't give out the details exactly because I don't think it's really appropriate. And I don't even know what it means. But there was the thing called a hookah bar. There's a bar, like a, I don't know if they serve drinks or they just this hookah thing that they use. I don't know. Don't ask me. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not unaware of it. But it's a thing called a hookah bar. And it seems it attracted the worst elements in our neighborhood. Um, probably, uh, hopefully, non-Jewish people, but also some young people who were Jewish um, attracted themselves over there. And nearby were several restaurants that are kosher and that uh, regular from people, families, young people alone would go there and frequent these places. And the problem was that they would go from people started going from the hookah bar into the regular restaurants and back, and it was Saturday night. There was all kinds of low people going into these these restaurants in our neighborhood, and so the Rabbanim had a meeting, and the Rabbanim said, uh, "You know, we have a problem here. We have to do something." So they thought of an idea that maybe they'll close the restaurants a little early, so they'll maybe they won't get the the bulk of those people who were floating around in the neighborhood, and this would somehow keep things a little more tranquil. So one Jew got up. His name should be on your lips because he's a special Jew living, working in, and was a rov in our community, Rabbi Avram Shor, who is uh, a very special Jew if you have any shaykhs with him. I, I knew his father, Allah Shalom, that's how. And uh, and but 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 Rabbi Shor is somebody who, in the future, you'll be hearing more from and more of. Anyway, Rabbi Shor got up in the meeting, and he said, Rabbi Sai, these are Yiddish kinder who were going around. He said, I went there, and I tried to talk with them, and I spent a couple of hours there talking with them, but I can't do it. It's really not my expertise. You know, he can give a shear. He can talk to the men, he can talk to the women, but to expect to talk to these people is a little bit too much for him. We have to set up a program. We have to do something to reach out to these young people who are drifting away. It didn't go anywhere. There's another failing. As a community, we're not holding together. That's the point of tonight's show. And I I had one more thing or two. One that was important to me was the KIC. I've had on the show a number of times Rabbi Wiener, Moshe Wiener, who who basically does all the work for the KIC. And what happened in the end was Rabbanim in the community, people in the community, 
Nobody gave any money and supported it. And basically, it's in the hands of one man, one rabbi who was a shikol tzaddik, who makes the money come together to put this little program to continue that people should should be in, in going in the back of these restaurants and finding out what's going on inside, reporting to the Rabbonim, trying to make changes, all lushma, nobody, they don't get paid by the facility, they just go to improve kosher and help us keep kosher. And our community, maybe they didn't know about it so much, you'd say, I can understand that, but we did a show, a whole show dedicated to them, and basically no one participated. And we're trying to raise some money for the organization. Uh, another thing I want to share with you is that I had to speak recently in a Yeshiva High School. They asked me to speak because they wanted me to talk about different places to eat out, not to eat out, what the problems are in these different places. I can tell you I was flabbergasted by the questions I got. I couldn't believe that these boys in the Yeshiva were so open to so many places without an inkling of what all of the kosher is about. So we got all our hands filled. with. We have to roll up our sleeves and dig in and do something in this community. And that's why I had this show tonight. And, and I, want, I want to say, on since I'm talking about the kids, what about the fact that there's no kosherous, public kosherous education in our community? I mean, there's nothing. Do you see any programs that teach about uh, uh, in, uh, insect infestation? It's not for me to set it up. It's for a, a, a community organization, a yeshiva, an organization, a women's organization, to say we need to do something to reach out to a few hundred ladies, a few hundred men. But there should be programs going on. You know, if it was out of town, if it wasn't Brooklyn, there would be things going on. There are many things going on educationally. And the OU, the Star K, they go to these neighborhoods, and they, they're happy to come into these neighborhoods and to educate the people. And very, very, very little of this is going on in our community. Maybe occasionally you hear one little thing that happened. You always hear it after it happened. I don't see any community-wide. I don't see anybody holding together on this topic of kashras, which is so important and so important for us and for our young people. I, I think that are the people who are listening, if you're in any way capable of doing something, do it. Now, the last point that I want to make, and then I'll listen to anything you say and call for anything. If you don't, I'll have something to talk about too. The Shul Kiddush. You know, I, have, uh, I was asked to put together rules for the Shul Kiddush. What the mashkiach has to know, what the waiters have to know, what the host has to know, all the different aspects, what things to prevent from happening in the shul. And I spent a few hours putting it together. I think I have a pretty good thing, and I hope someday I'm going to share it with you. I'll let you get a copy of it. But right now, it's, uh, it's, still, being, it's still in the uh, rabbi's hand to, um, you know, to decide uh, what will go in and what go, won't go in, if it goes up at all. <laughs> I mean, I just was asked to put it together, and so I, I put it together and gave it to him. Now, what I'm saying is, just like we didn't have anything in that shul, there are probably are dozens of shuls in Flatbush that don't have any such rules. There should be a set of rules posted in the shul kitchen that everybody should know they have to follow. There should be something handed out that's available for mashkichim, either in, the, in that room in the kitchen or given out. There's something, some letter should go to the host when, the, when he's making an affair in the, uh, in the facility. 
There's things that are brought in. You know it and I know it. They bring food in. They don't identify it as uh, home-baked foods uh, or brought in from the outside, not through this regular caterer, uh, party planners. It's all so many things that we really have to, to guard against in a shul kiddush. So uh, these are just a, uh, a few of the things that I thought were important to talk about. And uh, if you want to call, now you can call about anything. But my point tonight was that something was necessary to keep this community uh, together as a unit so that we would be working on common cause of kashras in education and for the young people, giving them some guidance and let them see that we have some ideas about that are holding together in the shuls, providing information for the kiddush in the community center or the different activities here to have an interest in what's going on in our community, whether the, whether it's a hospital or anything that's going on in our community or dealing with kosher. It's not enough to say, Tamalai, it's not my issue. I don't have, it's not, I don't have to go there. I don't know them. I'm not Ashkenaz. I'm not Svart. I don't know these people. That's, that's a terrorist for the Babayant, as they say. That's, that's not going to hold any water. A Kaddish Bar who wants to know that we care about all Klai Yisrael. In, in Sim Shalom and the whole davening of the Shemona Esrei, we're talking about Shalom for all um, the people. We're talking about everybody in the Jewish people. We're talking about everybody caring about everybody else. That's in the Shemona Esrei. But we got to do it in life. Okay. I want to add something. I know we have a line, but first yeah. of all, we, we I know that the issue in Brooklyn is like from so many trees, we don't see the forest. Right. So for many uh, kashrut agency, we don't see the real truth. And I think everybody is samech on the other kashrut. Okay, this is okay and this is okay. I think this is the time to that. You know, how many times we spoke about 7-Eleven, right. Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> how many times? Do you sing a change? I'm telling you the truth. I, it's painful to say here, loud, clear, that nobody give uh, I care okay. about yeah, you. Know, yeah. That's it. You know, that's the old thing. I know. I tell you the truth. We speak, and I speak with people well, like dear, you, really I, care as, about. As it. always, I'm going to give you my number, which is seven one eight three three six eight five four four seven one eight three three six eight five four four. Anybody who wants to do anything to improve the community of Flatbush, or and similar thing in another neighborhood. You can call me even if you're from Wichita, Kansas, and you want to work on something. I'm helping people all across the country. But the truth is I help people much more out of Brooklyn than in uh, Brooklyn. Yes, I'm telling you. I'm telling <laughs> you. That's, that's the truth. That's they call true. me with all the issues. You can't believe how many you know, communities how ma- I have my fingers in, but not in Brooklyn. You know, how many times we spoke about certain <laughs> yeah. certain places, and they don't, you don't see any changing. You know, people, no. okay, that's okay. Don't well, worry. Maybe this call is going to yes, do okay. it. Okay, yeah, hello, you went there. Yes, hi. I have a... I, a very you know, delicate okay, comment. You, you, you're touching the, the issue from okay, Kashris. I understand that part. What bothers me is I live in Manhattan Beach. I listen to your radio station. Sometimes when the wave waves over, there's a Christian radio station right next to it, which I'm listening something about Jesus, which makes no sense. If you really want, want to do something for the, for, the, for the Judaism, please make your, your radio station... Uh, a little, uh, a little louder, so people should have reception in other areas while they're driving uh, I, in their car, that they shouldn't hear um, uh, I would, non-kosher, I would say, I would uh, non-kosher say nothing, r- nothing, radio. Nothing to do with us. 
Nothing to do with <laughs> us. It's nothing. We are on the phone, on the internet, on, a j- on all you the You can hear us all the time. time. On the and phone, on the, j- on the application, and the, okay. and the web. You, 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 I, don't you, you know, understand I, don't, I don't have internet. I don't, no, know, no, I don't no, know. No, Do the phone. But do I do the hear phone. the radio while I'm driving. And when I'm listening to the radio. Uh, it's not us. And I, I believe J-Road Radio was made to allow people uh, to be listening I'm, to Russia's and Torah and Chizuk. And now, if I'm listening to the radio station and it's I hear not, it's um, the Christian, uh, whatever unfortunately, they, they call themselves, talking in the middle, us. it fades in and out. Um, I believe when I listen to 880, I don't hear some other station knocking in. Okay, unfortunately, it's nothing to do with us, and uh, we are not controlled. We are only internet and phone lines for this. We don't know who is this. I don't know. Just unfortunately, we hopefully one day, one will day, we will have a power station but, but right now right now it's nothing to do with us and Arubisha, thank you very much but let me just mention the telephone number for anybody who doesn't want to use the phone it's very very helpful I mean I use it myself a lot I'll tell you what I use it for I use it to listen to other people who I can't hear during the week hear it all played back 718-506-9099 is a number that you can call anytime and you get live the J Root live and you also can hear the most recent tape from every different shear, and you just pick the day of the week that that person was on, and it goes through a list of the names, and you just push the button. It's a pleasure to use. 718-506-9099. And if you want to reach me, Rabbi Wickler, you can reach me at my home, my, my office number, 718-336-8544. If you're interested in getting Cautious Magazine, if you have a question, if you want to solve some one of these many problems that I'm bringing up, just let us know. And I got a caller here. Go ahead. One more caller. Okay. Yvonne Kash was on the air. Can we help you? Oh, we have, have exactly 30 seconds. Go I ahead. Okay. Hello. You're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I was by Simcha and I noticed that uh, they were not checking um, peppers. Is it uh, accepted that you don't check peppers? In the no. No. The, 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 the peppers, the only concern about the peppers is really around the top area. Uh, there are a lot of mites that get, get uh, caught over there. If you trim a little bit off, you wash it well on the outside, and you trim a little off, you're good to go. Uh, occasionally, you could find a, a worm inside, a caterpillar, but that's very rare. Basically, it's just that rib, rim around where the uh, stem is to try to cut it off a little bit, of, a little bit, I don't, not too much, and wash it well. I hope they're watching them well in these places. That's all you have to do. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. And I just wanted to uh, say to the previous caller, if he whips out his credit card and makes a donation to J-Root, then maybe they can do things a little bit more. That's, but J-Root I, is very tight for money, so that's not really appropriate what he said. Oh, he thank you. I thank you for that. I thank you for that comment. And uh, thank you very much for listening. This is, until next week, this is Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine for Kashrus on the Air.